Good afternoon, Eastern Washington and fellow Patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries and the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news. It's not about right or left. It's about right and wrong, about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ, and about not ending in prayer, but moving to action. It's also about the gospel of the kingdom, Zechariah 2.5, but I declares the Lord will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. We have a lot to share with you today. Coming up, we have Jenny Donnelly of Her Voice, the movement to transform America a little bit later in the show. And also, I'm going to be giving live updates here on what's happening in the Middle East as we speak and what's about to happen tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss this. But first, if you have the opportunity, please share, like, subscribe to our Rumble channel, and subscribe to our Telegram channel if you want real-time updates from across the world of what's actually happening behind the scenes, vetted information, but also information that gives you prayer points, and I think a little bit of a motivation to be prepared back here in the United States as well. And that brings us now to Obadiah chapter 1, verse 15. I want to, and I might just skip to 18 just for the sake of time today because we have so much on the show, but there's a couple of scriptures that really match well what we're facing here in the United States today, what Israel is facing in the Middle East today, and what God's promise is for his people. Psalm 83, as I read last time, is one of those scriptures. Here's another one, Obadiah. Yes, that is actually a book in the Bible, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 18. Then the house of Jacob will be a fire. And the house of Joseph, a flame. But the house of Esau will be like stubble. Now that's who's coming against Israel right now. And they will set them on fire and consume them, so that there will be no survivor of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Then those of the Negev, and that's right next to Gaza, by the way, will possess the mountain of Esau, and those of the Shephelah, the Philistine plain, that's Gaza. Also, they will possess the territory of Ephraim and the territory of Samaria and Benjamin, the territory of Gilead. In other words, Gaza will be possessed by Israel. And the exiles of this army, of the sons of Israel who are among the Canaanites, as far as Zarephath and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Zarephath, will possess the cities of the Negev. The deliverers will ascend Mount Zion to judge the mountain of Esau and the kingdom. Listen to this. And the kingdom will be the Lord's. The promise of God is in the midst of all these types of crises is that his people are covered. And as Christians, we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're on a foundation that cannot be shaken, but it doesn't mean that things won't be shaken. It doesn't mean the storm won't come. But what it means is we can stand firmly in the faith, shine the light into the darkness, push back against the evil, and be a beacon of hope to the rest of the world. And that brings us now to, well, a good versus evil video. You need to hear this. Islam is based on the spirit of Antichrist. And that's not just me saying it, that's by their own words. If you read about it in the Reliance of the Traveler, the foremost Islamic law book, 
Sunni Islamic law book that has the stamp of Al-Azhar University, meaning it is authoritative Islam. The definition of jihad is warfare against non-Muslims. And in fact, the Muslim Brotherhood Creed says that jihad is their spirit. So the reliance of the traveler saying that warfare against non-Muslims is jihad, the very definition of jihad, that means warfare against Christians, meaning warfare against Christ. And if jihad is their spirit, the spirit is warring against Christ, and that is the Antichrist spirit, by their own words, by their own law. And I think that we have to keep this in mind when we listen to the rhetoric coming out trying to excuse authoritative Islam. They're just doing what historically they have always done. 1,400 years of Islamic war against the West. And in fact, on the next show, I'm going to prove this to you with a battle map showing the amount of battles against Christians prior to the Crusades and that there is no moral equivalency. But more importantly, I'm going to show you too that there has been this war against Western civilization, that Islam is a sworn enemy of the West as far as those who are Sharia compliant, because Sharia law demands it. Now, this isn't, you know, taken out of uh, opinion. This is what their law says. This is what Sharia law demands. This is what the purpose of zakat, which is similar to a tithe, that must go to funding jihad, warfare against non-Muslims. So when I'm quoting these things, these might shock you, but these are the facts. These are the principal books out there. And right now, I want you to hear this video in their own words as well. He's saying that he is bragging about killing Jews. And he is saying, <coughs> essentially prays to Allah because he has killed Jews, murdered them in their homes, raped their women, killed their children. And that this is the fulfillment, basically, of his religious obligation. He says blessings over his son for killing the Jews. This is pure evil under the guise of a theopolitical construct. It is not a religion. And... For those of you that have watched the movie Lord of the Rings, it is the history of Western civilization and its war against uh, particularly Islam in the final three parts of that. Most of you probably didn't know that, but Tolkien was trying to preserve in Western civilization the history of what they had been dealing with. What is, I think, uh, at least upsetting to 
um, those who have their eyes open right now is that there are people that are still falling for the psychological operation, the fifth generation warfare, to try to get them to support the Hamas terrorists and the other terrorists there in the Middle East when their aim is to come and destroy the United States of America ultimately and to destroy Christendom. So be clear about these issues. You can go read these things for yourself. This is from their own words. Be clear about these issues, that this is a battle between good and evil, and we need to be on the side of good. Which brings me to what is God doing right now that is making the enemy rage so much? Well, I want to take you to a field of faith in a high school football game that really, at least this field, was used now for revival. Hundreds worshiping, giving their lives to Jesus, rededicating their lives to Jesus. This is the revival that is breaking out across the country, and I praise God for it. Question for everybody listening today is, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ? And do you need to change it and get right? Well, take the opportunity right now and surrender your heart to Jesus. He's the one who paid for it on the cross 2,000 years ago. All of your sin, all the curses that came with it, he paid for it all. And it's a, a thing that he did willingly. And all he's asking you to do is to say yes. I repent of my sin. I turn toward you, Jesus, and I receive your forgiveness. And I hope that that message rings throughout the United States. And especially as part of this movement we're going to be talking about with our guest today. It is time for the acknowledgement that an awakening has begun once again in America. And that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing coming to us from the globalist front, we have from Technocracy News the Green Panic. Auto executives are sensing electro, uh, electro, sorry, electronic vehicles, multi-billion-dollar electrification collapse. In other words, people don't want them, and there isn't a grid system in the United States that can handle it all. In in with all of the regulations closing down power generation, it's just making the grid more unstable. In fact, in the legislature, I gave a speech about this, that we were headed toward grid instability by 2028 if we kept down this road. The only way really out of this right now is by allowing electric production to increase. In other words, we need more nuclear power plants. We need to stop closing power plants Get away from these legal obligations to power companies that they must use renewables because renewables don't work as base load power. The fact that the most stable base load power is nuclear power and, you guessed it, hydroelectric power. In fact, hydroelectric power is renewable, whether they classify it that way or not. So we need to get away from this boondoggle and strengthen the United States of America once again. But right now, just the sheer economics of it are changing the hearts, at least, of some 
auto executives. And that brings us to the China front. Coming to us from Indo-Pak News. And if we could, uh, let's see here. Japan to provide defense equipment to Philippines. Patrol boats, radars, and drones have deterrence against China in mind. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is expected to confirm the provision of defense-related equipment to the Philippines during a summit with President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. on Friday in Manila. Tomorrow is going to be a huge day in the world. This is just one of those things. The government plans to provide the Philippines with small patrol vessels, uh, uh, radars, and drones under Japan's new official security assistance framework. So again, Japan arming up and now helping the Philippines to arm up as well. And that brings us to the next article from Indopac News. China on alert after U.S.-Canadian ships crossed Taiwan Strait. Uh, its troops were on constant high alert after the United States and Canadian warships passed through the Taiwan Strait, their second joint passage in two months. The reason I'm bringing this up is just one more flashpoint here. And the Chinese uh, attempt to try to destabilize the world, and especially places in Africa and beyond, and we're going to get to that here in a second, has now really begun to backfire. Japan is now aligning with the United States and Philippines and Australia to stand as a hedge against China. So China is going to have to weigh some things right now. But this, again, may be a reason that China would strike earlier Taiwan because of everything happening in the Middle East. And the fact that allies are now growing closer together in the South China Sea. And that brings us to the Epoch Times, the long red shadow behind Islamic terrorism, a great article. Decades of communist subversion by China underlie the terror constantly or currently witnessed in the Middle East. So what's interesting is that the Chinese have tried to position themselves as a broker of peace in the Middle East all the while undermining the West and its allies. And the communists, or what we call the red-green axis, the communist jihadi axis, or axis has been going on for a long time. In fact, Carlos the Jackal said that it was an alliance of Marxists and Islamists that would defeat the West. So this is not something new. The KGB infiltrated, according to General Mihai Pachipa, the highest-ranking Soviet defense of the United States of America, that he infiltrated 4,000 KGB agents into Islamic organizations in the Middle East, or at least he was a part of it. And that was back in the 60s and 70s. So a lot of these uh, terror heads were trained by the Russian intelligence services back at that time. And by the way, guess who was alive back then and working and operating? Vladimir Putin. So all of this ties together, and we can't lose sight of the truth here, that plane hijackings, according to General Pachipa, started right after terror cells had been trained at Balashika Special Forces Camp near Moscow. So... This is not something that, again, is hyperbole. This is historic fact. And this article I love goes through, at least in modern times, China's hand now in this whole mess in the Middle East. And I'm going to go ahead and post that up here in a bit, which brings us now to the Middle East front. Gaza City 
has been besieged by the Israeli army's armor units from the south, now also from the east and from the north. If we could bring that map up right now, uh, Israeli spokesman has confirmed the encirclement of Gaza City, and now the IDF is going to be going tunnel by tunnel, building by building until it gets to the hospital. And underneath that hospital, Hamas is using it as a command center, and they're going to clear it out. This could take a long time, but the encirclement of Gaza City in the north is complete, which is why I believe today there are alliances beginning to be formed throughout the Middle East against Israel. And we're going to see this is already a regional war. We're going to see this expand very likely here just in the next seven days. And I'm going to get to that right now. Coming to us from OSINT Defender. Significant preparations have been ongoing throughout today and tonight for the live speech tomorrow at 3 p.m. I think that's around, I think it's around like four in the morning our time or just a little bit earlier than that. By Hezbollah Secretary General and Leader Hassan Nasrallah, who is set to speak about the war in Israel and the invasion of Gaza Strip. It is widely expected for Hassan Nasrallah to declare war officially against Israel so that Hezbollah will come into the fight. Uh, the fact he's making this so public in a very specific venue and location is going to be interesting to see what Israel does about this if, in fact, he does declare war. In other words, would they strike the place that Hassan Nasrallah gives that speech if he does, in fact, declare war and bring Hezbollah into the fight? Now, this is after what we reported on Tuesday where there was a meeting and it was decided from many reports that Hezbollah was coming into the fight after meeting with Iranian leaders in Beirut. So again, this, this is already a regional war. The question is who else is going to come into this today, according to some reports, and these have not been verified yet, but I did see the video. Uh, the Algerian parliament has given their leader the green light to declare war against Israel as well. So we're going to wait till we get the full translations out there to verify that. But it does look like this is going to continue into the near future as an expansion with other countries coming in uh, probably every few days. Now, some of these non-state actors, these proxies, really belie the fact that Iran is already involved in this war, just not officially. That brings us to Ocean Defender. The Israeli political and security cabinet decided tonight to deduct all further funding to the Palestinian Authority, which is meant for the Gaza Strip, and to also cease all further contact with Gaza officials. It was further stated that now no Palestinians from the Gaza Strip will be allowed to work in Israel, and those who were in Israel at the time of the Hamas surprise attack will be deported back to Gaza. So in other words, they're deducting the funding. Most people didn't know that Israel funded uh, the Palestinian Authority, but also that massive, I'm talking tens of millions of dollars every two weeks goes into that place. We're funding those people that hate us. How about this for a policy, a foreign policy that makes sense? Stop funding our enemies. Just really simple, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there will be somebody that is elected president that will do that. Amen. That brings us also to OSINT, Defender of the House. 
of representatives here in the United States has just passed a $14.3 billion emergency aid package to Israel, 226 to 196, with the bill now heading to the Democrat-controlled Senate, where it is expected to be struck down. President Biden has said he would already veto the bill if it did pass the Senate due to it not also funding Ukraine. That brings us to Israel radar. Israeli officer Gaza terrorists will be dying in tunnels as IDF collapses them. Hamas made a mistake by hiding an underground zone with no escape routes. Hundreds of shafts and tunnels destroyed by the Engineering Corps and Air Force so far. And this is exactly the tactic that the Israelis are going to use as they approach the command center underneath that hospital in Gaza City. So expect this again. Inch by inch, tunnel by tunnel, building by building. And that just means a a longer, more drawn-out fight there in North Gaza. And that brings us to Vice President Kamala Harris. I don't normally quote her, but today, her and the president, this was yesterday, are announcing the country's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Aside with the linguistic problems of Islamophobia as a word that you really can't have fear in that capacity anyway, um, the point is that they're using this right now as a pretext to come against Christians because anybody who speaks against Islam, they are going to try to demonize that and eventually try to criminalize it. And this is why the Founding Fathers were so prescient to say that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. I wonder what's going to happen if they try to come after Christians in this country. Well, on a future episode, we're going to talk about Alexander Solzhenitsyn and his question regarding this and his answer. And that brings us to the next article that is probably the most disconcerting one that I have seen in a little while. From Tactical Wisdom... And we, this has been confirmed, and I agree with the statement there. I can't understate what a big deal this is. The United States Marine Corps canceled its 248th ball. In other words, the Marine Corps ball is something that never gets canceled. And the wording here about operational commitments uh, belies the fact that it seems like the Marine Corps believes we may be headed to a war, and that's why they cannot have their very important annual ball celebrating their anniversary. This is a huge deal. I can't, I agree with that statement. I can't understate how big a deal this is. This is a gigantic deal. This means that the United States at least unofficially is on a very, very strong war footing. And uh, I I expect we're going to see something at least in the next 30 days, if not sooner. And that brings us now to the Russia-Ukraine front. Russia has now received more than 1 million artillery rounds from North Korea, according to South Korean officials. The officials also said that Russia will likely provide North Korea with technology related to ballistic missiles. In other words, they're going to give North Korea the technology to strike U.S. targets. Again, this is bigger now than just a regional war. This might be going into a world war. And that brings us to Russia's representative of the United Nations coming to us from Open Source Intelligence That representative said Israel is an occupying power and therefore has no right to self-defense. 
but they're occupying Ukraine. Hmm. You, do you see the, di the dissonance here, the, the cognitive dissonance? Russia's occupying Ukraine, so a sovereign country. By the way, that there was a, an agreement signed that if Ukraine had given up its nuclear weapons, that Russia would not invade, the United States would protect. And they're saying that Israel is the occupying power. Wow. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. And that brings us to Sweden and Visegrad 24. Sweden has concluded its negotiations with the United States for a new military cooperation agreement that will give U.S. forces access to Swedish military bases starting next year. So expect a buildup of United States forces in Sweden as well. And if you know your map, that's on the north side of Russia. So again, buildups continue. Yeah, Eastern Europe is, is becoming pre-World War II. That brings us now to the national front. Coming to us from World Net Daily. Speaker Johnson slams FBI for targeting religious Americans. I don't really need to read anymore. Bravo. Now, what are you going to do about it? That's the next question that needs to be asked. Because he says... He is promising to, quote, hold those responsible accountable for these actions, end quote, speaking of the targeting of people of faith. Well, enough strongly worded letters, enough investigations that last for years. How about somebody actually being arrested and prosecuted, fired for doing this? And that brings us to the National Pulse and a very interesting story. Judge overturns election. Judge overturns election. Judge overturns election after tra uh, trailing Democrat magically wins from absentee ballots. And it's caught on video that ballot boxes were being stuffed. I wonder if this is going to translate to something at the national level, I hope so. And that brings us to Gateway Pundit. Enormous development. Colorado prosecutors caught in major lie in court case to remove President Trump from ballot with video evidence. This is interesting. During their opening remarks, the Trump-hating attorneys shared two clips of President Trump's speech at the Ellipse to a million supporters on January 6, 2021. They insist President Trump started a violent riot. But they refused to play video of his statement calling on his supporters to peacefully march to the Capitol. And this is typical of the Marxists in this country. This is intentional. They're trying to create an alternative reality. They never play the full story. So Trump fighting not just for himself right now, but fighting for the future of the United States of America. And that brings us to Sean Foyt and the Texas Rangers. I love this. So last night, the Texas Rangers won the World Series for the first time. And Sean makes this very astute point. Texas Rangers did not cave to the pressure of the LGBTQ mob and refused to have a pride night. And they won the World Series. Amen and congratulations to the Texas Rangers. That's amazing.
And that brings us now to the local front. This weekend, it's going to be a big weekend. November 4th, Saturday night, 6 p.m., Jenny Donnelly is going to be here. Don't mess with our kids and the movement to transform the United States of America. We are moving from revival to reformation. So it is going to be a packed house here at On Fire Ministries. Please arrive early. And if you haven't done so already, please register because space is limited. Jenny Donnelly is going to be here, and she is also going to be our guest today. And that is the briefing. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. Thank you to everybody that has been praying for us. And take a moment. Subscribe to our Telegram channel. Subscribe to our Rumble channel. Hit like, share, and just leave a comment. Maybe about guests you want to see in the future. We had Gordon Chang on here previously, and we've had some great guests lined up already for the future. But if you haven't weighed in, let us know who you want to see on Patriot Radio. And that does bring us now to our guest today, Jenny Donnelly, the founder of Her Voice, entrepreneur, author, transformational speaker, and co-leader of the Collective Church in Portland with her husband, all the while being a loving mom of five children. Jenny, it is so great to have you on Patriot Radio, finally. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, I want to start with the movement. Tell a little bit about how everything kind of started for you, how you got involved, because I'm sure you were just minding your own business down there in Oregon, pastoring a church and and seeing people saved, and all of a sudden God decided to uh, send you on a little bit of a different path. Yeah, he sure did. So we were doing for several years um, different ministry events, basically just bringing a lot of healing, um, deliverance, and freedom to people, mainly women all over the nation, because what we found is that when a woman has this unresolved wounding and trauma, then her voice is locked up. And we mm -hmm. kind of had to reverse engineer this thing and say, okay, how did America, how did the church in America become so silent? And it's because people, um, you know, the church who I believe that God wants to, you know, take a stand in this hour, um, they need ma major healing. And so that's what we've been doing. But what happened during the pandemic is, um, you know, Portland was being torn up top to bottom. Um, I went, I went along with it initially thinking, okay, sure. Two weeks off. Sounds good. I need a vacation anyway, put this mask on, whatever, you know, I thought the whole thing was ridiculous, but I did not know what we were really in for. And so, um, I didn't foresee what was happening. Now I believe that that was a dress rehearsal for what's to come. But during that time, you know, it, the Bible says Genesis one twenty eight. God says to fill the earth and govern it. Well, I didn't see a footnote that said, except in Portland after five o'clock, because you're going to get your car beaten in. It's safe, you know, and it really bothered me, Matt. It bothered me that, I mean, I'm a Bible believing Christian. I don't believe you can scoot around scripture and kind of just cherry pick. And I don't understand that one. I, I really read that and said, well, if that's true, then I need some answers. And I asked God, and it was a, probably a really dangerous statement I made. I said, put me in the fight. Mm. That's what I said. Put me in the fight. Either that or get me out of here. But for me, you know, running away from Portland would have not been an assignment by God. It would have been more like, hey, the kitchen's on fire, so I think I'll go hide in the bedroom. You know, it's like this thing is going to catch up. And so anyway, I asked God to put me in the fight. Um, and during that time, 
I, I was wondering, I was like, okay, how's this all going to work? Because we have got to come together. The church has to come together. I know we have ministries and assignments and we have so much going on. And so what is it going to take God for us to come together and unite and build a, build a real net for a harvest of souls, build a real army, you know, of all the brands, all the things, but we all come together. What would it take? And he said to me something that was like a lead rock in my spirit. And he said, well, the church is going to stand up. They're going to unite and they're going to fight when they take your kids. And I thought, whoa, I mean, that a hundred percent took me back. A hundred percent made me say, man, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah, that'll do it. Yep. That'll do it. So well, that that's how it started. And God had mentioned the million women. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, that, that, that's, that's how it started. And, but it became more apparent that our kids were, were actually the direct target of a lot of what we've been facing yeah. and, and that we needed to do something about it. So please continue. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's so much to the story. I'm going to try to condense it, but we purchased a retreat center, um, about 20 minutes out of Portland so it's real close. But during the pandemic, we kept our gym open, our basketball gym. And what happened were we were able to house kids and you know play basketball and preach the gospel and love on them. And every Monday night, between 80 and 100 kids came out and we fed them and all of it. And so they started confiding in us over time that, um, and, and the statistic is one in five kids, Gen Z, Alpha, are self-identifying as LGBTQ. But what we found is that these kids were telling us that they were absolutely tormented. Now, not all of them, but one in five absolutely tormented by images of same-sex attraction. Yeah. And we know this is a spirit, but we also know that we have to do something on the ground. And so I got a real up close look at the suffering that families were going through. And it, um, you know, you can't walk away from that and say, well, I don't know what you're going to do about it, but you know, you have to get involved somehow. And so anyway, um, during that same time, the Lord said, Hey, Jenny, there's a million women and we're going to gather a million women. And I wasn't excited about that. I, I don't know a million women. I was like, I don't even start that. Right. That wasn't exciting to me. Um, but as time went on, um, I saw and started understanding, okay, we're going to need to gather a movement of women, the men like Mordecai's, right? Mordecai to the Esther, the Mordecai's, you know, coming and making it impossible for Esther to, you know, Esther had a lot of excuses when, before going to the King, she had a lot of excuses. She, she was like, I can't do that. It's illegal, you know, but Mordecai came behind her and said, no, you're going to have to do this or you're going to be dead too. He, he had to lay it plain to her. And so this is not just a women's movement. It is a men's movement. But in all of that, um, God said that a million women needed to go to the mall in D.C. And so I didn't tell anybody. God told me that for a very long time. Um, it, I, I was in a prophetic room of about 400 women. And from the stage, somebody said, hey, Jenny, there's a million women. You know, you need to get working on this thing and you need to take them to the mall in D.C. And I'm like, oh, no, it's out of the bag. So that is kind of when it went public. Um, I asked God, okay, where do you want me to start? Because I, I need some instructions. And he said, I want you to establish prayer hubs all over the nation. Oh, amen. And 
just the idea of let's 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 get an air game going we got to fight this thing in the air we know this is a spirit and if we sit back and just think well you know that's just too bad that these families are suffering with you know uh with all this you know stuff going on i, I really can't do the passive christian thing it really really bothers me so anyway he said why don't you establish these prayer hubs and so that's what we got doing and a prayer hub is simply two or three people coming together a maximum of 10 coming together once a month for one hour getting around a kitchen table a you know living room a park whatever and praying and so we built just these 30 prayers especially for people that feel very intimidated to pray we said we're just going to build these in you pray them with your own voice everybody in the group read this thing aloud and start taking authority in our voice because it does change everything changes when we pray and we pray what god is doing and so we established that um we've been doing that for about a year and a half there's about 2100 prayer hubs established right now we get everybody connected through an app but um this movement to washington dc for the million women on the mall what i really want people to understand and ask me any questions about it so i can unpack it further but what I really want people to understand is that um, this is a prayer movement. Mm -hmm. It's also a reformation movement. So I'm, I'm starting to understand that as God is calling the mothers who say, not on my watch, we're not, we're not going to be, you know, no, my kid's not going to have a pronoun that doesn't fit their biological sex. Like if we just stand up and we don't have to be mean and bitter and crazy, we don't have to be violent. Truth doesn't need violence to get his point across, but it does need a voice. And so God is asking us to show up. I think that prayer is the first thing, and then we're going to have to fast, which that's the bummer part, right? But it does work. Fasting does bust things through. And then we're going to have to stand. That's the part that I think a lot of us have not been accustomed to, maybe even trained in the church, is to take what we believe outside the walls of the church and stand in the public square. So there's a lot to that I could talk about, Matt, but I want to give you a chance to- Yeah, amen. To I mean, I, I think that that has been the issue is that, that we've we've succumbed, We and we didn't need to. We succumbed to this call for Christians to be silent. Yeah, it's cool if you're in your closet. Yeah, it's cool if you're, if you're in your home, but don't go don't go outside of that. And so we've succumbed to this. And, and I just want to add a geostrategic point here. We are facing a color revolution in the United States of America. And the way to defeat a color revolution is by millions of voices speaking up all at the same time. That's how you defeat a color revolution. So this is geostrategically a very perfect thing to be doing. As a Christian, it's exactly what we should have been doing all along. And so let's unpack this. So it starts at the local level with prayer hubs. Then it moves to the state level and then ultimately to the national level. So revival to reformation. But what does that mean to the average person watching and listening to Patriot Radio right now? How should they be getting involved? What are kind of the action steps and, and what does it mean to them? Okay, well, I'm going to go back to what you said. It starts on prayer hubs. So to the like every person can actually do this because number one, it's free. If you go to hervoicemovement.com, mvmt.com, you will see a place. Okay, start a prayer hub. 
we give you an opportunity to get inside our app and in the app, which is totally free to you, you get connected. You get your prayer hub in there. By the way, your prayer hub is at least you and one other person, super simple, but you get connected then to a bigger network of other prayer hubs. And now we're praying for each other. You're, you're being connected in a community like this is important. So that's the first thing is to start a prayer hub. And if you are a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa, your kids need you to start a prayer hub with them. And that was one of the things that God said is he said, you know, kids are being trained to use automatic weapons in other countries to, for war. Well, we have a spiritual war and you know, <laughs> wars head in other places too in the natural, but the war in the spirit, if we can teach our children to pray as a normal way of life, okay, this is what we have to do is train our children to pray because this is how we're going to get a whole generation pushing this thing over to the side of um, turning America back to God. Okay. So this is really important. We um, upload coloring sheets every single month because we want you to actually throw your kids in the center of this thing with two or three people so praying, good. have them with you. You know, I just tell them, I, I, my seven-year-old the other night took us through communion. There were four adults. I said, okay, take us through communion. And she did it in her best way. She knows how. But listen, we want to get them involved and activate the voices of believers and children. We must activate voices. It is not safe to be silent right now. It is not safe to be silent. And so this prayer hub is to activate voice in prayer. And then the next step is to we're actually inviting people to join us in what we're calling the Esther Network. Now, this was an idea that God downloaded to me the Esther network. You can find it right now at Instagram. We're trying to get this set up on YouTube very soon, but it's available right now on Instagram under my account at Jenny L Donnelly. And when you go there and you hit subscribe, it is a subscription, but what you're doing is number one, you are sewing. So I call it a subscription into the actual meeting in Washington, DC. That's really good, right? It's $9 and 99 cents a month. It is literally going straight to the meeting. It doesn't even go to our ministry. It goes to the meeting for Washington, D.C. But inside there, we have six days a week of audios that I have women all across the nation and men. We have Mordecai's on there and we are praying and doing activations so that somebody can just get on their treadmill, put their AirPods in any time of day because they're posted every you know, six days a week. Get in there, start praying with us and change your world. Your world will change with prayer. And then we're calling people to some type of fast on Fridays. Maybe it's a sugar fast. Maybe it's a don't eat breakfast, don't eat till lunch, whatever. But we want to get the body of Christ marching in this direction from November 6th, which is really soon. And people can join and merge in any time of the year. But it starts November 6th, and we're going to go through November 5th, 2024, which is Election Day. Amen. We are looking for a hundred thousand people, specifically women, men can be part of it too, but women who don't want to leave this next year to chance. Like they're like, I have to get in the fight somehow. Everybody can pray. There's not a single person under the sound of my voice that says, oh, I just don't, I don't know if I can do it. We have the prayers written out for the prayer hub for your group and then individual prayer. We're praying with you on audio and you're repeating different scriptures and you're going to learn how to become a massive 
prayer threat to the enemy. This is his worst nightmare, by the way, for you to get involved in what I'm talking about. When we pray, he's a done deal. Now, when it comes to reformation, what we want to do is we want to start standing in the streets and we want to start going public with what we are, with our truth that we believe, with truth and love. And so you know this well, Matt, because you are spearheading the capital for the state of Washington. I've called you guys kind of the poster child of what we want to do in every state, but every single state in one day Amen. on the local level, we're going to meet on April 13th. So if you thought you were going to have like a family get together, you're not, well, you are, it'll be at the Capitol. How's that? Um, you know, nobody's getting married that day, like shut down the business because if we can radically come together, all 50 states in one day standing at our capitals and we're not going to put up a fuss we don't have to do that we have authority we're going to go pray and what we're going to do is we're going to plead the blood of jesus we're going to take communion together we're going to make a, pl a public stand for what we believe we're going to say don't mess with our kids you know and we don't know what we're saying it to we're, we're not saying to flesh and blood Flesh and blood happens to carry out the plans of the enemy or the plans of heaven. But we're going to say to that spirit, don't mess with our kids. And we're going to take a stand. And so that's at the Capitals on 413. Now that happens to coordinate with Esther 413, which is very dear to my heart. Amen. Esther 413 is an incredible verse because it's when Mordecai kind of saves the day. I know Esther saved the day because she went public. She went to the king. She had to approach the king with her voice. That's the whole point of the women coming with their voice. But what Esther told Mordecai originally was, you know, she, first of all, she catches wind. The Jews are going down and she has the ability to stop it because she's in the palace with the king and she can go straight to the king and say, hold on a minute. I'm a Jew you know, do something about this. But she tells Mordecai, because Mordecai's got go, Esther, you're in the palace, you can do this. And she says, I can't, it's illegal. Now, I'm sorry, but that sounds a little bit familiar. Doesn't I it? can't. It's Oh, yeah, feels feels a little too close to home because I bought into that. Okay. And so, you know, trick me once, but I'm, I'm going in different this time. So he said to her, Esther, do not think that just because you're in the palace that you are going to escape the destruction of the jews see she actually thought that all of the jews would get annihilated but the palace would save her i think that the church is in a moment right now where god is asking us really is, is, is that going to save you is your business that's so successful can that save you you know, your Instagram following, does that have the ability to save you? Now, these are all blessings and assignments and things of God most of the time. However, what God told me was, Jenny, what if her voice, my ministry that I care a lot about, my family, what if the, the, the future of those things depend on where America goes? Oh, wow. You know, what, what's going to happen to America? And so I just decided, you know, I'm not going to drop those things, right? That's my family, my minute, all the things that God's given me. But I have to throw myself at this next year because Matt, I think that we have one year. This I is this agree. is my personal. I can't prove it. It's just I, I feel like we have one year. 
I believe it's the last stand for America. Lou Engle, a prophetic intercessor, can't go into all his history, but he's a completely credible guy, man of God. He has said, this is America's last stand. So we have to stand to the Capitol. That's my point. Can we stand for truth? Coming with our families to the Capitol, can we pray? Can we get on our knees and then have reformation strategies that are issued in all 50 states? Because I'm wondering if God's gonna send a million women to the school board. I'm wondering if God's gonna send, you know, a million people to run for office. Because when we get people who love God, not perfect people, but people who love God and are submitted to the word of God and have a biblical worldview, when we get them in the seats of decision, whether that be in the government, in Hollywood, entertainment, the arts, business, whatever, when we get enough people in the seats of decision, the whole world is going to turn around and we're going to be coming in um, under the blessing of God because we'll be turned back to him. So that's why we're standing at the Capitol first. And then we have our permit in for October of 2024. We're still waiting for that to be approved. But 2024, October, that is less than a year away. And that would be when we are standing in Washington, D.C. together. So, um, you know, there's so much more to this. I don't know how much time we have, Matt. There's the whole thing behind Peru that I think is pretty fascinating. It is. We got about three minutes left. If you want to hit on that very quickly and then also hit on the point of men. Are, are men supposed to be a part of this? Because I don't think men should be left out. Oh, 100%. Yep. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about Peru, then I'll close it up with um, where the men play a very significant role. So in Peru, in 2016, a man named Christian Rosas and his sister were pastors, kids, you know, older adults. And they saw what was happening in Peru, which was at the time, major things happening that are coming our way. If we sit back and we're passive, they're gonna come right up at our door. But at Peru in that time, if you called somebody a pronoun that was not their biological, or that was their biological sex and they wanted a different pronoun, that was grounds to be arrested and go to prison. That would mean that you and I would have to agree with something that God doesn't agree with. And I can't do that. I can't do that. I have an inner constitution and a loyalty to the word of God, but that would throw us in prison. Well, at that time, they said enough is enough. They gathered families all over the nation, believers, unbelievers, all across the nation. They had a day of prayer, but they set a date on the calendar. And you can see here from this, um, from this incredible video that millions of people ended up meeting in the streets before they actually executed the day because the pressure of the culture came in so tight that they met beforehand. What happened was it spilled over to these other countries. You can see these other countries in the yeah. left-hand corner. Other countries started grabbing hold of it. Here's the exciting part. They were able to oust the prime minister, oust the education minister, and George Soros pulled out all of his funding. I want you to look at all those people and think, wow, they must have found their courage and they must have found their voice. The, the last thing is this. So the men, this is really simple. God showed me this. And he showed me that Esther and more, you know, it took Mordecai to get Esther to the king. She wasn't going to go. She absolutely wasn't going to go. The book of Esther could have been easily called the book of Mordecai. He is one of the massive heroes of the books. But God has shown me this. I'm very visual that the arrows are the women 
and we're going to watch women be shot out right now. There's a special anointing on women to cut through some of this garbage and this witchcraft that's attacking the family. However, the bow are the men. Amen. The bow are the men and the prayer and fasting is that pulling back that tension. And you know what? An arrow cannot go far. It cannot hit a target. It can't go fast without a bow. So the men are going to step up. They're going to tell women, you must, you must go. Now, my whole family and men are coming to the ball. They're coming to the Capitol. They're fully physically involved in this thing. But there is something about men coming behind women right now and saying, you must use your voice. You must come out with your roar. It is time for you to, to, to make your, you know, to come be a mama bear in this hour and stand for truth. Amen. Jenny Donnelly, just before I let you go, people can join via text alerts. And Travis, we can put that up here right now. If you want to join this, you can text her voice to 55498, her voice to 55498. This is also going to be online if you want to join these uh, groups. You can get all the information you need by just texting that. And Jenny, thank you so much for everything you're doing. We look forward to uh, hearing you and seeing you here in Spokane this weekend. Just 30 seconds. What are you going to talk about on Saturday night? Well, we're going to commission everybody and we're going to charge them to come together, assemble as an army and turn America around. I'm going to pull some things out of the book of Esther that will um, truly bring an impartation for us to stand in our Esther moment. It's, it's our hour, the Mordecai and the Esther moment for us to see America changed. I have great hope and great victory in my spirit if we can all come together. So I think people are going to be extremely empowered. I think they're going to be charged and even set on mission. So excited. And I hope everybody that is listening right now across all of Eastern Washington, North Idaho, and Western Montana joins the movement to transform America with you. Jenny Donnelly, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Keep up the fight. Thank you so much. Jenny Donnelly, founder of Her Voice, entrepreneur, author, and transformational speaker, also co-leader of the Collective Church in Portland. Wow. When, when, when God just says you, right? And we're ready to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here am I, send me, Lord. It's amazing. Entire nations can be changed. And I don't believe that this is limited to America. I believe this is going to spread across the globe. So again, just a quick reminder, this Saturday night, right here at On Fire Ministries, 115 East Pacific at 6 p.m. Jenny's going to be here. And we're going to have uh, opportunities for you to join the prayer hubs, start your own prayer hubs, as we were just talking about, and also join the movement through those text alerts. We're going to be talking about all of that this weekend. She's not only going to be here Saturday night, she's also going to be here Sunday morning at On Fire Ministries as well. So please join us for that and become part of the movement to transform America, moving from revival to reformation. Can't stop at revival. There needs to be reformation of this country right now. And that brings us to the last thing today on Patriot Radio. Here is what I expect in the next few days. It looks like very strongly Hezbollah and the Iranian proxies are officially going to join the war against Israel, which means they're officially going to not just launch rockets, but they're going to instigate terror attacks and potentially some ground incursions, but more on the terror attack side. 
which means the likelihood of a terror attack here in the United States of America in the next 90 days goes up exponentially. Black Friday, for example, lots of people congregating together. That is a, a, a soft target that terrorists have been planning for for a long time. So what can we do as Americans in this hour? Well, first of all, we can pray. Second of all, we can be prepared. Third, if you're not concealed carrying, you should be. And you should be trained on how to use that to protect other people. Fourth, we can take the time with our family members, our friends, and be bold in speaking to them about the time that we're in and also what to do about it. The sons of Issachar, they knew the signs of the times and what to do about it. It starts in prayer and it moves to action. And then lastly, encourage local officials to begin investigating these real terrorist networks, the jihadis and the communists, begin prosecuting them at the local level. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. May God bless all of you. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, five or six o'clock here on Saturday night. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.